doing out there today everybody hear me all right can i get a thumbs up can ellie can you hear me yes and i unmuted myself before i responded so as to not confuse all of us this week (laughs) excellent job excellent job uh welcome back everybody to around the rink in the phf uh my name is obviously dan uh ali's voice ali morse my co-host uh figured i would kind of introduce us because I realized from from this point forward that um, a lot of people are going to be listening to us, maybe not here on Twitter and maybe don't aren't familiar with our voices. And, you know, because if you're listening, live, you can see us kind of um, you're obviously in here on Twitter, listening to us live and that kind of stuff. So uh, just wanted to introduce us and we are available or this will be available on podcast. You can go back and listen to the other podcast, uh, the other episode that we did last week. Um, just by going to like Spotify or uh, Apple Music, however you consume your podcast, you can find us by uh, just search for the Ice Garden, um, and you can subscribe. So this way, it's always kind of uploaded into your your phone or your iPad or however you're uh, consuming it. Um, so yeah, so that's really neat, and we have a lot of other cool stuff that's going to kind of come along with that. Um, which we'll kind of get to in a little bit here. Uh, but first, hi, Ali, how you doing? Uh, we haven't spoken like a week. I mean, well, we talked, but not like this. Um, you got your wheels back? Are you, are you uh, recovered from doing the Fast and Furious stunt? Yes, I, I have my car back. I got it back. It was today, Tuesday. I got it back yesterday. I'm very happy to not be whipping around in a Honda Accord anymore. Very sorry if anyone currently drives a honda accord but my passport sits very much higher than an accord and i missed it (laughs) okay awesome so uh if you listened to us last week ali mentioned that uh she had a little uh curb incident i guess and uh i I curb stopped the curb with my vehicle yes uh so and i realized too when i actually did listen back to it um i never I asked you what kind of car you drove and I never even said what I drive. So that was kind of unfair. So, um, I drive a, a red Patriot, uh, Jeep Patriot, um, really bare bones. I don't have power windows. I don't have power locks or anything like that. What? Um, it, here's the quick story because we have our guest waiting and, and I have a couple of things to get to, but, um, the previous car that I had, uh, I had, a, I ended up having a faulty alarm. Um, and it was kind of all mechanical or, or I guess, wire based. Uh, there was kind of like a loose wire in my door and my car alarm would go off randomly uh, whenever it wanted to, basically. Or if I hit a bump when I was driving, uh, the lights would kind of flicker on and off. So um, I kind of decided from there, like, I didn't want any of that. Like, no, no more like electronics. I wanted like the kind of bare bones version. And um, it was. That was a purposeful purchase. Yes. And and I, I was able to do it. um Shout out to me. I was able to do it by myself from home on Car- Carvana. Um, and they, they came and they picked up the, the car with the faulty alarm and everything. I didn't really tell them about that. But um, I, had, I had a little get around. Um, but, uh, so it wasn't going off all the time. But they came and they picked it up. And, and it was a great experience. So I drive a, a red Jeep um, just so we're all kind of on even ground here. Um, 
Also on I drove a white Jeep Compass until I got my passport in December. So same body. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mine's mine's a, it's actually like a 2017. It's a little boxier. Uh, and I kind of like that. I had the, the Honda CRV is a little, little too round for my liking. Um, I'm a, a little more old school, but, um, also wanted to give a shout out to, uh, our producer, Kelly. Um, Kelly did a great job, uh, turning this around really quick. And, uh, the last episode was, was available on podcast. Like, I think it was not even 24 hours later. So, um, we got music now, like it's, we got all types of cool stuff going on. Uh, but I had, I had to definitely give Kelly a shout out and, um, obviously Mike at, and everybody at TIG for the support. Um, it, Mike's kind of allowed me to kind of do these, these, uh, endeavors and, um, his belief means a lot and it goes a long way. And, um, I'm, I'm proud to work with them and proud to call my friend. Um, and last but not least, shout out to Daisy who was able to get me that link that I was able to, um, not spend four days downloading all of my Twitter data. And I was able to, uh, give Kelly the link basically like four minutes after we came off the air or stopped recording, however you want to say it. So, um, thank you to all those people. Thanks to everybody who's been listening. We had a lot of, uh, uh, listeners for the last episode, I think it was almost 300 and then however many we had listening on podcast form. So, um, appreciate the support and the support means that we can kind of keep doing these things. And, um, uh, last week I, I kind of said something and I listened back. I didn't want people to interpret it the wrong way. I was talking about, uh, you know, I didn't understand or, or I had a problem with, with, um, somebody like Jeff Merrick breaking PHF news because it's not something he does every day. And um, I didn't want that to be because I know how people can be on the internet. They'll go back and kind of, oh, he said this about you and, and whatever. And I wasn't trying to be disrespectful or anything like that. Um, but And just kind of was on my conscience and I just kind of wanted to get it out there. Like um, I respect everybody's work and, and all that. And, and I, to an extent, I understand why um, people would feed somebody like that information but it again like i said the other day like it would be the same thing as if somebody gave me the news that the toronto gm was going to get fired um, or something of that ilk so um just wanted to wrap that up um real other kind of funny reference i wanted to get to before i get to my guest and then i promise we'll get to her um and i'm really excited to talk to her um it's funny how we, everybody says like the hockey world is really small. Um, I, as a lot of, you know, I covered the New Jersey devils uh, and I was at the game four of the playoffs, uh, talking to a friend of mine, a colleague, Trey Matthews. I know some of you listening might know who he is. He does the, uh, locked on, uh, I don't know if it's podcast or show with, with, uh, for the New Jersey devils. Uh, he also contributes to pucks and pitchforks, which I write for. Uh, so Trey and I were talking and, um, he asked me, I think he asked me if I was, if I had gone to the, uh, the PHF Isabel cup final in Arizona, cause he had been, he attends Arizona state university. And I said, no. And, um, I asked him if he went and he said he, he wasn't able to make it work. And he was disappointed because, um, he wasn't able to kind of say hi to, or see, uh, Soraya Tinka and Carly Jackson, Carly Jackson playing the game. Um, and, I knew he knew Soraya and, and I wasn't, I wasn't 100% that he knew Carly, 
but the funny part of this was I, I kind of, for a second, I stopped and I was like, who the hell is Carly Jackson? You know, in like a split second kind of moment. And then I realized, oh, CJ, like, because that's kind of how we always kind of refer to CJ is just CJ. So um, just really funny. And, and again, how small the hockey world is. Um, and uh, I, I always kind of love those kind of unique connections and, um, and things like that. So, okay. Uh, as I mentioned at the end of the last episode, um, it, we were accepting um, uh, submissions, I guess. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm uh, miss, missing the, the word, but uh, basically sponsorships, I guess we were looking for sponsorships. So um, I actually have two ads I'm going to be reading, one right here before this uh, interview, and then we'll read the other one later on. Um, so put on my, my fancy voice. Uh, from the author of Friendships and Festival series comes the story of what's next, second chances, and making life and hockey better for ourselves and others. Benai Mitzvah Mistake kicks off Stacy Agdern's Last Girl Standing series and will be available on June 1st from Tool Publishing and wherever books are sold. For more information about the author Stacy, go to her website, www.stacey.com. A G D E R N dot com. Thank you, Stacy. Uh, we really appreciate that. I actually met Stacy again, small world, hockey world. I met Stacy maybe six years ago around this time, maybe probably later in the summer at a um, hockey fights hate charity kind of event that um, was run by a friend and a couple of former Riveters were uh, played in, in the exhibition. Uh, it was Shelly Picard, um, uh, Lauren Wash, Mie Dench. Um, and there was, there was one or two other players I can't remember. But um, again, small hockey world. Uh, thank you to Stacy for that. And uh, we appreciate all kinds of support. If you know somebody um, that has a business or, uh, you know, something that you want to promote and you want to, um, basically give us money to do it. I'm more than happy to, to do those kind of things. Um, so, uh, our guest, uh, that we're going to bring on right now. Um, if you're a fan of PHF, you know her from the Buffalo Buttes, uh, two seasons ago, uh, last season she played with the Connecticut whale and this upcoming season, uh, she'll be playing for the Montreal force. Uh, her name is Emma Keenan. She's played 44 games in the PHF so far, uh, 15 points, pretty even, even Steven, three goals, three assists, three goals, six assists in, in our two seasons here. Um, and prior to that, uh, she also played pro over in Sweden, um, where she put up 22 points. Again, even Steven, 11 goals, 11 assists in 66 games. Uh, Emma Keenan, welcome to Around the Rink. How are you doing? How you been? How's your summer going? Uh, how are you? Hey, Dan. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be joining you guys today. Um, summer's going well. I'm back home in Calgary, so have been enjoying that. Um, yeah, and other than that, I'm all good. And yeah, definitely excited to be on here today. Uh, last year, I talked to you around this time. Uh, you were going back to Calgary and you were working with, with Team Canada, right, with some kind of uh, development program, young, younger players. Are you still doing that again this summer? Yeah, so the last two summers I've been working for Hockey Canada, more in kind of the 
operations department but this year I'm just coaching so I'm just with some different U11 girls teams so working a little less this summer which is really nice I can put my focus on training um, but still working with the little kids so I love that they're awesome that's awesome. Now, obviously, you, you're changing teams in your professional career um, this upcoming season. Um, and you got done really early. Like, I'm sure that was – I don't know if that was part of the plan, but it, it must be nice to have that out of the way and you can just focus on whatever you need to do for the summer, correct? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's always a relief to kind of get your signing done and figure it out, especially early on. It just gives you the opportunity to focus on – preparing for next season and really enjoy the summer. So it was a lot earlier than, than last year. So it took some stress off my shoulders and was really excited to get that done pretty quick this year. Yeah. I was just going to say, I, I remember last season you signed right before camp or, or right before the season had started or, or later in the summer anyway. Um, was there a lot of, of interest in you? Like, was there multiple teams interested? Like, what was that process right? Like, what can you tell fans about uh, what PHF free agency looks like from a player's point of view yeah it's um it's pretty hectic um luckily this year I had an agent representing me so I found that helped with the process a lot um just having someone to kind of deal with those negotiations and have some of those conversations with different teams to gauge interest um helped a big time because the prior to this year I just kind of did it on my own which um, you know, it can be tricky trying to navigate, like talking to different teams and their GMs and see what the interest is like in you. So um, I think this year it was kind of came on pretty quick. There was a little confusion with when free agency was actually starting and whatnot. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've, heard, we've heard that a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it was definitely nice to have um, representation during that part. Um and then it all kind of came together relatively quick. Um, and, you know, it's it's multiple conversations with different teams and with your agent within, you know, hours. So uh, it, it's kind of a lot. It's pretty stressful, but um, that's all part of the process. And it's exciting that this is, you know, where our league is heading and that um, there's obviously bigger deals getting done and stuff. So it's uh, a little stressful until you kind of get your deal done um, and then you can breathe a bit of uh, sigh of relief but um, and of course it's in the midst of trying to move home and all that so it's a little hectic there but um, it's it's great yeah and, and I'm sure you talk to other players too right like you, you're finding out like what they're going through or what their process is and maybe they might end up there too right like that those are all part of the conversations that are being had exactly yeah you're you're keeping touch with all your different teammates and um, we're all kind of trying to figure it out. Um, so, you know, it's, and then there's rumors which don't help and stress you out, but, um, yeah, in the end it's, you know, it's exciting and just glad to have a deal for next year. Sorry about all the rumors to everybody. I apologize. No, I think it's great. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it, it feels like it's kind of the natural progression, right, to this becoming more professional. Like like I've kind of always said, and, and people who follow me and or, you know, listen to me lately, um, I, I cover the New Jersey Devils and I try and treat this the same way as that. Like there's no reason that one should be different than the other. Like there are maybe some slight instances where it's a little different. Like I obviously don't go into your locker rooms. Um, and when I do the Devils, I go into the locker room. But other than that, like there is – the, the differences in my mind should be minimal and, and 
um, you should be given the, the same respect and, and latitude that they're given and um, try and as we're all trying to create more interest. Right. And yeah, some of our best shows have been like the, the rumor stuff. So um, are you, ex- uh, did you drive all, I know last time we spoke um, or, or last summer when we spoke, you were driving from Buffalo to Calgary. Did you drive from Connecticut to Calgary this off season? I did. Yeah. I made oh, the drive God. a couple weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> What was how many hours was that total? Because I know the other one was ridiculous. Yeah, it was slightly longer. So I think the total was like 45 hours. Um, so I obviously made some stops along the way. But yeah, it's fourth time doing it. So it never but, gets but, easier. Right. But by this point, you have you have a plan now, like, you know, you're stopping in this state or this province at this place, right? Like you kind of have like a checkpoint. Yeah. Yeah, I know, like, what time of day I need to have a coffee to get me, like, through those last four hours and stuff. So, no, I, I'm i getting it figured out. And this kind of leads into my next question. This upcoming season, you'll obviously be in Montreal. That's a little bit of a shorter drive, I would assume, correct? Yeah, still pretty far. I think it's pretty similar because <laughs> um, it's obviously I have to go under through the States. So... Uh, okay. I think it'll be slightly shorter than Connecticut, but not by much. Um, so how, how excited are you to play for the, the Montreal Forest this upcoming season and obviously in your home country? Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, I'm excited to be back in Canada. It's been a couple of years. Um, well, actually, I guess it's been since high school that I've really played in Canada. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited to be in Montreal. Um, I think it's a great city. I have a great hockey community and fan base over there. So I'm really excited to be joining um, that program and can't wait to get out there. Uh, your kind of last experience wasn't a, a great one playing in Canada with the, the playoff game against the Toronto Six. Um, but overall, what was that playoff series like? And what was it like to play in a series that uh, wasn't kind of like one of those single game eliminations? Yeah, obviously the ending was... A bit disappointing, um, not how we would have liked it to go, but the series itself was a lot of fun. Um, I think we ended up being in Toronto for six days, I think it was, something like that. So it really felt, you know, like professional hockey. You're there, staying in the hotel, um, there for the whole series. So it was great. Like the games were obviously really intense and the fans were great and just staying downtown and um, playing in Toronto in front of the Canadian crowd was great. So it was a lot of fun and I think it gave a real taste of, you know, what this league is kind of getting towards having um, longer series and more games, hopefully, and, and just the ability to like go somewhere and have hockey be your sole focus for that whole trip. Awesome. Go ahead, Allie. Um, hey, Emma, it's Allie. <laughs> Hi. Um, <laughs> so you got to play overseas in Sweden. I only got to play there for, like, I think we played four games. Um, How was it playing out there? It was great. I had a really good experience. So I was only there for two years. um, And my second year was during COVID. So I was actually really fortunate. We were still able to have a full season, whereas I know a lot of the leagues in America um, were shut down. And just with restrictions being a little different over there, we were still able to play a full season. Um, And, yeah, the hockey was great. Uh, My team was 
bottom of the league, but it was still a really fun experience. I got to do some traveling and meet a lot of uh, new people and stuff. So the hockey was really great. And I, I liked that league a lot. Yeah. I mean, the hockey was, that has to be fun being able to play there for two full years. Like we went out there, I went there with the Whitecaps before we were in the then NWHL. We got to play a couple of teams while we were out there and it kind of made me wish I had gone out there, but yeah. So it's just fun to hear how that went out there. Yeah. It's just such a a cool experience, obviously living in a different country and being able to travel and also play hockey. They have really good fans out in Sweden um, and the league had great support and it was pretty established when I was there so I had a really good experience and I recommend it to anyone who's like thinking of going to Europe or looking into that league I always encourage it yeah it's always fun out of college I feel like to kind of like you said like get to travel on top of getting to play yeah totally there's um a lot of opportunities and once you're over there like it's really cheap flights and short flights to other countries so I was fortunate I got to do some traveling my first year before COVID really hit. <laughs> yeah, I suppose the second year you probably weren't doing too much No, stayed with us <laughs> then, yeah. <laughs> um, bringing it back to the States here, um, obviously I'm a goalie, so I like to know these questions. Um, mm-hmm. Who do you think is the toughest goalie you faced in the PHF? Oh, I mean, that's a hard question for me because I'm not getting uh, too many scoring chances or too many opportunities where I'm really going one-on-one with a goalie. Um, I think, yeah, a lot of the teams have really strong goalies. Um, Obviously, Schroeder, just with her size. um, And, you know, I'm going to be her teammate this year. So lucky to have her on my side in Montreal but she uh she had a really good season I think the numbers speak for themselves um you know she did really well and I feel like you went to shoot on net and you couldn't even see anything she's just so big so um a lot of talented goalies I think that was a big difference going from the college game to this league is just the the caliber of the players and especially when it comes to goaltending yeah, we always joke about this, but there's not a lot of spots for really anyone, let alone goalies. So I guess that's a fair answer that there's only six, seven spots, whatever, six that you're playing against, really. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, Emma, when I don't remember if it was you that told me or, or Colton, but but he mentioned uh, at some point that he you were a, a basically a pain in the ass to play against. And that's why he kind of wanted to bring you to the team was, was that kind of part of the conversation with, with Montreal when they were showing interest in you? Like, Hey, we want a player with that plays that hard nose style that you're kind of known for. Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, you know, Montreal last season, their first season in the league kind of proved that that's the type of team they are. They're really hard to play against, um, had a lot of big, strong girls, played really physical, um, battled really hard. So I think that's something that hopefully I'll fit in well um, going into that team. So it's always a compliment when I hear that because I want to be tough to play against. Um, So hopefully that fits in well with Montreal. Yeah, I I think I said a couple of times, uh, whether it was on Twitter or or on the podcast, um, like they they were in almost every game, but it just sometimes felt like they lacked a little size or, or some of that 
snarl that I, I like that, that you bring to the games. Um, you're also going to kind of be on your third team in three seasons. Are you like starting a Jersey collection or, or oh my like gosh. The, yeah. the work, my... work, workout gear from each team? <laughs> yeah. My parents are giving me a hard time because they're like another year. We have to buy more jerseys. You're killing us. So um, <laughs> I'm not trying to go for every team. That's not my goal, but that seems to be the way it's shaking out. <laughs> Well, if your parents and anybody else out there is interested in, in getting any of your kind of game-used jerseys and stuff like that, I have just the ad for them as soon as we finish this interview, which is coming up shortly, because I really don't have any other questions. Um, I don't know if Allie wants to thought of anything uh, at last minute she wants to kind of add in, but um, and I also don't want to take up too much of your time. I, I realize it's... Um, Tuesday night, I'm sure you have a lot better things to be doing than hanging out on Twitter, but we appreciate that. Um, Allie, you got anything else you want to throw out there? No, I just wanted to comment on your lovely Calgary accent, Emma. Oh, I didn't know we had an accent, but thank you. I, you, you said process at one point, and it made me giggle and miss my from, from BC. Well, there you go. I guess it's the Calgary coming out of me. <laughs> Uh, well, again, thank you, Emma, uh, everybody, Emma Keenan from the Montreal Force. Uh, she'll be suiting up for them this upcoming season. Um, this will be the obviously the ninth season of the PHF and or slash NWHL. And uh, this will be your, your third season. Hopefully uh, your parents won't have to get another jersey after this season, but maybe they'll have to get an all-star jersey or or uh, maybe they'll have to get a jersey with like a, a Isabel Cup playoff patch on it or something you never know everything can all types of things could pop up right um but just wanted to thank you again for your time and and give you the floor here for a few seconds if you'd like to just say anything to everybody listening yeah thank you dan and ali thanks for having me on um and just to your point earlier when you're talking about the rumors and stuff like i think it's great i think you know uh that comes with the territory and I think that the more like attention that is brought towards our league the better um and like you said we want to be treated like pros so I think that comes along with it um so yeah I appreciate everything that you do and um was excited to join you guys today so thanks for having me on Thank you so much. Uh, if you want to hang out with us here for the rest of the show, I don't know how much longer we're going to go, maybe 30 minutes, maybe 25, maybe less. Uh, you're more than welcome to. Um, we have, obviously, a bunch of players uh, listening live. Uh, I want to say hi to CJ, hi to Amy Buddy. Uh, see Coach Evo sitting in, in the, the green room listening to us live. That's awesome. Thanks, Evo. Um, and a bunch of our loyal listeners who – show up week after week. Um, so as women's sports grow, so does the need to tell the stories of those involved with my gray, you, yes, you listening to this podcast right now can own a piece of these stories. You can shop for game worn jerseys, game used pucks and more from every PHF season at www.mygray.com. That's M-E-I-G-R-A-Y dot com. See, we're getting like really fancy now. We got all types of ads to read. Like I said, I got music early. We got to have guests. Um, this isn't like a, a nickel and dime operation anymore. Uh, but thank you to Gray. Thank you to Dave. 
who a lot of you who may be listening to, uh, you might know Dave, you might have seen him around the rinks, you might have bought a jersey off of him. Um, he does a lot of really cool stuff, and uh, he's very supportive of, obviously, of the PHF and uh, works a lot with them to, to help grow this thing, and uh, I know we're all appreciative of that. Um, all right, let's enough of all this. We got other news and things to go through. Um, let's, let's talk goalies since we have a goalie as a co-host and as a goalie listening live. Um, Nora Ratu is officially a Metropolitan Riveter, something that we kind of talked about last week and, and it wasn't, I think they finished the, or it was announced like the next day. Um, I can't remember. Day I think time. the rumor hit the day we recorded and then they officially signed her the next day. Okay. Right. Yeah. So that was something that had been floating around. Uh, obviously a, a huge move for not only the team, but the league to, to add a, a name of that value. Um, and and you said one of the first things you wanted to do, if a lot of people aren't familiar, uh, Nora and Minnesota Whitecaps current goaltender, Amanda Levier, were teammates at the University of Minnesota. So you said you wanted to buy a ticket and watch when uh, when the Riveters and come to town and play Minnesota, correct? Oh, yeah, I'll be uh, slipping into Richfield Ice Arena for that one for sure. Yeah, that's, I mean, two, two great uh, netminders, two great teams, obviously, but um, that's going to be a head-to-head battle. There's going to be a lot of really great head-to-head battles this year, I think, in the in the league. With uh, feels like the goaltender, the goaltending rather, is is kind of taking another step this offseason. Correct? Uh, truly, and and uh, newly signed today, Emma Soderberg with the Connecticut Whale. They're both on two-year deals, um, but that's. Like the the from from a another goaltender's point of view, like when you see the the way the the landscape has kind of uh, fallen out so far, like what what are your impressions? Um, well, we talked a lot about how previously we haven't seen any goalies on two year deals, so I'm really excited for my fellow goaltenders that there are a couple of them that just get to relax once the season ends next year, whenever it is for them, they just get. To yeah, I already know where I'm going next year. I don't gotta worry about stress about that. And I think it's, I mean, the league. I don't know. I guess it's finally hitting a point. Not that the league hasn't valued their goaltenders, but where they can say, yeah, all right, we can commit to keeping you here versus, well, maybe we don't want to keep you here two years because we don't know who might be interested next season. So I don't know. I think that's kind of nice to finally see goalies getting locked up for multiple years. I don't know if you can hear that airplane. I'm very sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Loud. It's all right. Uh, Yeah, I I agree. Like I, I I love to see that commitment. Uh, I've, you know, it feels like for the, you know, we've, we've had, obviously Lev has been, I think the longest tenured goalie in this league in, in her record and, and games played and all that speaks for itself. But um, a lot of times we've had teams kind of just change goalies. You know, we've, we've talked in the past about Boston going into their backyard tree of goalies and, and just plucking one off and, um, and having a great season. They have that luxury, but not every team has had that luxury. And, and uh, it's nice to see that commitment. I was, 
Uh, a little surprised, but but not really because of the way that she's played the, to see Connecticut commit for two years to, to Soderberg. Um, and I think that's awesome to have for a young player like that, to have that confidence instilled in her. Like you said, she can go into the off season and, and kind of not have to worry about what, what the future holds for her after that. Um, it's gotta be a, a huge, huge weight off her shoulders. And, um, well, and even for her as a rookie, I feel like that, at the beginning of the year takes a lot of stress off of her. Like, obviously she's an elite caliber goaltender, but you know, if you're a rookie and you're like, all right, well, this is my first go at this league. If whatever happens, you know, you're not worried about it. You can settle in, get in a groove without having to think, well, if I don't perform, then I don't know who's going to want me next year. Yeah, and that's that's the realness of it, right? Like that's the the reality of of this is a competitive sport, and there's a lot of competitive players who are kind of like it, it's like they're climbing the mountain to to reach that pinnacle of the starting job, and then once you get there, you have to fight everybody off, like uh, just kind of never never ending cycle for goaltender, right? <laughs> yes, you have to beat people off with the bat. I feel like at this point, not that's enough what, teams, not enough bats. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So that's that's good. Good for all those players. The goaltending is going to be really good, I think, in this league. But uh, and the flip side of that is, there's a lot of really talented uh, offensive players, and um, so it'll be an interesting, interesting to see how the the, the season plays out. Um, uh, a lot of you may have seen today. Uh, Cassidy Sauvey posted an update. She's on the ice, full gear. Uh, for the first time, I think she said in 99 days. So uh, that's great to see. Uh, hopefully we see her back on the ice playing game soon. Uh, but we'll see what happens there. Um, wanted to say also that I spoke with uh, friend Tara Hoffman this past week. Um, don't know what the future holds for her or just yet, but we may not have seen the last of her. So um, just we'll, we'll keep our, our eyes peeled on that. Um, Buffalo, unfortunately for me, I, I mentioned last time, I think I thought that they might have their coach done by the end of the week. They haven't, um, obviously they've, uh, from, from everything I was kind of told, they they've had a lot of candidates and a lot of interest and they're kind of just doing their homework and making sure they make the right pick again. Like they've had a couple of really disappointing seasons for them. And, and I'm sure they want to really make sure they get this right. Um, because I'm sure they don't want to be in the same position again next off season. So um, hopefully that ends soon. Uh, maybe the white caps head coach search will be ending soon is, is I've kind of heard that and you've kind of heard the same thing, correct? Allie. Yeah. Starting to hear our fun rumors circulating that they might've narrowed it down to maybe one person um we'll see we'll see see. how the how the tables turn it's a name that that local people in your area would be familiar with correct it's it's not like they're reaching outside of their bubble to bring in a different coach from uh whether it's uh you know west coast east coast overseas correct yes i think it is somebody that if they have been paying attention to high level Minnesota hockey, they will be familiar with the name. Okay. 
Yep, and we've kind of both uh, heard the same name. Don't want to really put it out there yet, um, but maybe you can d- decode our, our cryptic uh, conversation we just had right there. Um, <laughs> other coach- good luck. Yeah, good luck. Uh, other coaching news. I posted this, I believe it was during the week, last week on Twitter. Uh, Mark Jocelyn, who was the former coach of the T6, uh, their second season, their first full season after the bubble. Um, uh, he was not with the team last, this past season, I don't think. He might have been in a, a, a different capacity. Uh, but I heard he may be back on the bench as an associate coach. Um, by all accounts, he's somebody that was really, uh, liked by the players and, um, really good as a power play coach, I was told. Um, so, uh, and personally, from my experience, like I, I, uh, I have no, no bad words to say about, uh, coach Jocelyn from my interactions with him, uh, guy that went, uh, multiple times went out of his way to make time for me. Uh, whether it was uh, to call on the phone or in person. Um, so if, if he's back, that's, I think that's a win for Toronto. Um, and he obviously guided the team to a fantastic record and first place in the league. So I think he knows a thing or two about what he's doing. Uh, we've had 19 signings uh, total since the last show, uh, including a couple today. A um, couple of big names, a couple of players coming from college, um, and I, I didn't write the total number of signings down and I should have done that. And I'm not going to, uh, try and do that now. I think it's probably somewhere around, uh, if I do math in, in my head, I'm not very good at math. I always say that Mike is a math person and I'm stalling, but it's probably around 47, 48, 46 signings, um, not including players already signed a two year deal. So that's, that's a lot. We're not even a month into this. Um, it feels like some teams are ahead of others and, uh, you know, publicly, maybe they are, um, every team has players signed. It's just a matter of, again, we've talked about this, uh, past episodes, it's teams, 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 excuse me, teams decide on their own when they want to release the information once the contract has been approved. Um, so that's, that's how that all works. Uh, but it, it, there's been a lot of, again, Soderberg signing today. I thought that was a really big one this past week. Um, the Riveters re-signed a lot of players, uh, a, a handful of players. Um, they had a couple of collegiate players. They had a couple of players from Boston. Um, so that was uh, interesting for them that their their team looks close to almost done. And um, I have an idea of, of what the, the way the, the final team is is going to look. I, I don't know everything. I know a little bit, but, um, and I think they're going to be, you know, again, on paper, like compared to other teams on paper, uh, they look like they're going to be very formidable. And, and uh, they've added some, some, they've added an upgrade in talent, like uh, compared to the past two, three seasons that they've had. And um, with the, coaching staff that's carrying over from, from one year to the next. I think there, there shouldn't be too much uh, transition period and they should kind of hit the ground running, hopefully for, for them anyway. A um, couple of other names are still kind of floating around out there. I've heard uh, Taylor house who played with uh, Boston pride last season. I heard she might end up with Connecticut. That might be done already. I'm not sure. Um, and I think I reported this on Twitter. Um, 
Sydney Bront, who was captain of the Whitecaps last season, I heard she might end up in Connecticut as well. Um, I know there's a couple of players that they've looked at. They've looked at um, a certain player that was maybe released from from Boston uh, recently, as well as uh, the playoff MVP, Michaela Cava. Uh, she's probably not going to be back in Toronto. I've said that before here, I think, and um, I know – Minnesota was possibly an option. Connecticut is, is probably an option too. And um, so we'll see. And, and Emma Greco was another one that, that could possibly end up back in Connecticut. She played uh, her, her part of her rookie season, I guess there. Uh, she came on at the end of the season. Uh, gosh, I don't know what season that was now. That was many, many Connecticut whale rinks ago. Uh, they've played in maybe eight to nine different home rinks and, I don't remember which one that was, but I did talk to her there. Um, we mentioned obviously they signed Soderberg. Um, you want to you want to do the the rest here with the the rest of the goalies? There's there's a few names uh, kind of still floating around out there. Oh yeah, um, Sandra Abstrider still a pretty big name hanging out there. Um, I I think she'll end up in Connecticut with um, Soderberg. Um, which leaves us with where does Abby Ives end up? Um, possibly Buffalo. We don't know. Um, Buffalo might have a lot of options in net with uh, the carousel running out of room. Um, Lindsay Post possibly coming to the States. Um, LaVisa Salander does not currently have a roster spot as far as we know. Um, DeGuire from Montreal, um, still needs a spot. So <laughs> got yeah, a lot of, a lot of names. They, yeah. They, and they can, you know, they can probably sit back and pick and choose. There's, there's only a few other spots left. Um, it's, it's interesting to me, like maybe a goaltender is available that they didn't think was available or, or, or maybe Nora coming to, to the, Nora Ratu coming to the Riveters, maybe that like, you know, took away a spot of that somebody thought they might've had and, and vice versa. Like the, all these things kind of, as Emma kind of mentioned, like it goes really fast for a player. And um, another thing that I wanted to follow up on what she said was um, another player who I talked to recently said, thank God I have an agent because I don't, I could just kind of sit back and I don't have to worry about this. Like I can go about my day at my, my day job and, um, know that there's somebody in my corner fighting for me and, and standing up for me. And um, I, I think that's, that's a great, and that's again, of kind of the next step of where this is getting more professional. It's, it's sometimes feels like it's going really slow and incremental. Um, but this is that next step. And obviously not every player is going to have that. Um, uh, especially I would think like some of the younger players coming out of college, I, I, I'm not speaking on something that I'm really fluent in uh obviously i know uh, eleni does a great job with with the few players that she's taken on and um hugely supportive of of the work that she does and and some of the players that that she's been helping out have said the same things to me so um if you're a player and you're confused and you don't know what to do like these are there's there are people out there that help and and it's not like uh super expensive i guess so to speak so um, I'm sorry I cut you off, Allie. I know you had a couple of other things that we wanted to mention. Yes, yeah, some non-goalie names that we've uh, 
heard cir- circulating. One name I know we brought up last week in Sophie Shirley. Um, still hearing that name swirl around a little bit. So that would be really cool for the league to have someone like her um, on the ice. And another name that people, um, if you've been following the league for a little bit, a uh, name that you would recognize, um, Hannah Brandt. Um, I've heard possibly wanting to wanting to play maybe in this league. We'll find out, but starting to hear that name. Um, so that would be really cool to have her back in the league. She was, what year was it, 2018 that the Caps won the Cup? 2019, 2018-19 season. So she's a 2019 Isabel Cup champion, so that would be cool to welcome her back, but name to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, and I believe it was uh, Jeff Merrick that connected Sophie Shirley to Boston, and uh, it kind of makes sense, I think, because I, I asked my my source in Boston and about Shirley going to another team, and I was kind of in the, the right uh, right ballpark, but the wrong sport, I guess. Uh, and I was told, nope. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's the end of that. Like, uh, I thought that was maybe the only option, and, and that's shame on me for not asking more. But, um, yeah, I heard Hannah Brandt, too, and I kind of, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up because I wanted to kind of – I don't know. I don't think that it's po- – I don't, I don't know. I, it seems possible, but I also – know what I know about like the roster spots that are kind of spoken for already. And like, like who can afford a player like that at this point? Like that's, that's the way that I looked at it. And I was like, but then there's also, you know, teams can, things can change really quick. Like I've always said, like a two year deal isn't always a two year deal and those kind of things. And um, it could be a two year deal that's front load or back loaded where, where you're not getting a lot this year and you're getting more next, next season. Um, All these kind of things are, are possible. So um, just kind of wanted to put it out there in, in the, the, uh, the universe, I guess. And uh, if, if it happens, it happens. If not, if, if not, uh, then, then so be it. But um, that's, that's really neat though. I think again, these, you're hearing these bigger names kind of connected and that's um, I, I'll kind of always say like it, I get a little disappointed because sometimes I know players get phased out and uh, maybe they shouldn't be phased out. And it just becomes, it becomes, you know, a thing that there's more interest and there's only seven teams and there's only, um, you know, seven times 22 or 23 spots. Like that's it. Like uh, there's like a cutoff line and um, you know, maybe you kind of bounce around as a practice player and um, that's not for everybody, obviously. And, Players want to play. Players and might end up playing in another league. They might end up, as Emma did, they might end up going overseas, and that's not a bad option either. Um, I'm sure they get paid pretty decently as well. Uh, and and on top of that, like she said, you get to uh, travel, and I'm sure you're a, a short plane or train ride or, or boat ride from other countries that you can explore. And um, you only live once and, and you're only young once and when you get older, you, you don't necessarily have time to do those things. Um, so, uh, just kind of wanted to mention about the, uh, kind of getting near the end here. Um, going to get to a couple of questions and comments that we've had, but, uh, the Riveters added those three Boston players. I thought that was a really kind of a, a really big move, something we've talked about here before, but, um, you're taking from your, one of your 
you know, strongest opponents. You're taking three really good players, and obviously Boston is Boston, and they can replace them, and they will. Um, but it's you, you're you're kind of grabbing known commodities that can play at this level and um, against this style and type of competition. And uh, frankly, I think all three of them kind of fit in with the way that I think they want to play and the way that they have played uh, on the on the coach Venla and, and coach Evo. So uh, I think they're they're good fits. Um, little, I, I didn't like the fact that, um, and this isn't against the riveters or anything like that, or, or, or Kaylee herself, but it's, it's a little weird that we didn't get any official notification that Kaylee Fratkin wasn't on a two year deal. And then all of a sudden the riveters are signing her. I know all that paperwork is done, um, for it to be announced. Um, but as a reporter and, and, you know, we want to write, we want things to be professional and held to, to a higher standard. Um, you flip the situation to the other league that I cover. And, and you know, if, if the Devils just all of a sudden mysteriously didn't have a player on their roster and they signed with, with the Boston Bruins, like people would make a big deal of it. And they would, you know, there would be, a, they, I, I don't think it would happen because it would just be announced like, hey, we cut this player or we, we've, uh, the, what was the term you used last week, Ali? Dissolved. We've dissolved your contract. Thank you for that. That that is our SAT word of the day again. Um, dissolved. So, you know, just just announce these things. Like, it's it's frustrating as somebody that's kind of been telling these stories for the last eight nine years um, when these things happen because it's it's just kind of like it feels lazy sometimes. Um, there's I mentioned it. I. I pointed it out on Twitter and I probably mentioned it here. A couple of players in Minnesota that are all of a sudden on two year deals now that were announced as one year deals. And uh, there was another player with Connecticut, the same deal. And it's like, um, like, what are we doing? Like, just, just do this like normal way. Like stop making me feel like I'm like nitpicking when I'm really not like, it's just, it's kind of basic ABC stuff. I don't know. It's like uh, the NHL puts people on waivers. They announce they put someone on waivers. You know, it can't be that hard to post something right. that's all right. Well, for whatever reason, these have been dissolved or they don't maybe have to say that, but something would be nice. Yeah. Just like, uh, and, and, uh, you know what, like I'll even settle for just throw a graphic on Twitter with, with, you know, font on it that says, we, we no longer are, you know, these two players are no longer under contract with us. Like, and, exactly. and that's, and then be done with it because they've done not the, the league, but, but yes, the league teams, like this has been done before where it's like, um, you know, you don't get press releases on everything. You have to kind of, as a reporter, I have to, I have to look at my email. Okay. There were, there was no emails today. And now I have to go on Twitter. I have to see, was there an announcement on Twitter? Because, some teams don't send out email announcements. Like, uh, did, did somebody message me to say, Hey, like, did you see this on Instagram? Like it's, it's frustrating sometimes trying to keep track of everything. And, it's, and, um, most of the teams are, are, you know, are getting better. Um, I think we're up to five out of seven teams now that I have press release emails from. So that's, that's a good thing. The league has gotten better with that stuff. Um, so it's all, you know, again, incrementally, slowly kind of getting better. Um, but And we're heading in the kind of right direction. Um, oh, I wanted to I, – I wrote, I, I wrote something down and I'm looking at it like, 
uh, what? Um, <laughs> so I saw an update uh, on Facebook from a uh, former Riveters player. Uh, a lot of old school Riveters fans will, will like to hear this. Uh, Ashley Stretch Johnston was participating recently at an officials camp. Um, I don't know. I didn't talk to her yet. I didn't get the real gist of it, but I saw it kind of earlier today and kind of wanted to just pass that news along. Uh, she had her traditional, uh, Ashley smile. Um, so that was really neat to see and, and see her kind of still kind of involved in the game. Um, uh, she kind of did everything for the Raiders was, uh, player, uh, faux assistant coach, and then kind of real assistant coach. And, um, Really neat to see. Hopefully that works out for her. Um, and the last thing before we get to fan stuff, uh, allegedly, reportedly, most likely, there's going to be a, a couple of outdoor games here in New Jersey, um, stadium series games for the NHL at uh, Giant Stadium, which most of you will be, most of you will know as MetLife Stadium, but I still call it Giant Stadium for my own personal reasons. Um, but so there's going to be, uh, New Jersey devils and Philadelphia flyers is one of the reported games. And the other one is Rangers and Islanders. Um, so we want to hear from, from people. Um, we want to, I saw my, my friend and colleague, Eleni, uh, mentioned she wants to see Riveters well, um, as, as the matchup kind of in between those games. Um, I think it's kind of natural that, that maybe we can get a Riveters game there because, uh, I know the ice will probably be up for at least a little while and the Riveters play literally right next door uh, that you have to kind of drive through giant stadium or slash MetLife stadium parking lot to get to, uh, to the mall at, at American dream, at least the way that I go. Um, so I, I'm interested to see if that ends up being something that happens. I'm going to get my hopes up and I'm sure I'll be disappointed that, that nothing will come of it, but um, I wanted to ask Allie, you, you've, you've played in an outdoor game, correct? Yeah. Um, I don't know if people know this, but Minnesota has hockey day, Minnesota every single year and oh heck might've been 2019, even long time ago. Um, they had, um, I guess we'll call it a celebrity women's game. So a bunch of us, uh, we'll say current past white caps uh just wcha alum um lucky for us there was a blizzard so we got to play outside in a blizzard but we did play the full game it was a lot of fun um not a lot of people get to say they played hockey in a blizzard but <laughs> it was fun i would do it again i've i've seen those pictures um there's i think there's pictures floating around of a couple of your teammates like standing together with their backs to the camera and the snow kind of falling in the background, right? Yep. My, I just looked, my Twitter header is actually from that game and you can see the, <laughs> the snow in the air. It like people couldn't find the puck on their stick. The shots were hard to read because there was so much snow on the stick blades, but it was so much fun to just, you know, not, we all know this, not everybody that us Minnesotans grew up playing with play in the, PHF and WHL so it was fun to play with and against some people that we got to you know grow up playing with but don't necessarily get to skate with often or ever um but yeah it was a lot of fun 
Yeah, and, and I, I think uh, hopefully if I'm at this, you know, upcoming stadium series thing, like I'm, I don't need snow to be honest. Uh, I'd be just fine without it. I'd be fine without the wind too. Um, <laughs> I I haven't covered a PHF outdoor game, but I covered the the Devils and Rangers at um, Yankee Stadium. Uh, 2014 i think that was i posted some of the pictures today um freezing it was freezing outside and and you think oh well you'll you'll just kind of sit in the press box nope baseball stadium open press box they don't have windows in the box it's like a thousand degrees when they play those games so it was just like basically just standing or, or sitting down in a wind tunnel your papers are blowing everywhere um i watched basically the second and third period from the press room <laughs> drinking hot chocolate, watching the game on TV. Um, for me, the real thrill was uh, covering practice the day before, I think it was. It was either the day before or two days before. Um, and just kind of, there was nobody in the stadium except for the people on the field, which the field was an ice skating rink. And we were kind of, a couple of reporters were kind of around the rink. Um, around the rink, get it? Uh, that wasn't planned, but that worked out. Uh, but no, so we we stood around the rink and and watched the Devils practice. Like as a kid who grew up watching baseball and stuff like that, like to stand in not the same Yankee Stadium, but in a Yankee Stadium uh, on the field and kind of like look around was really cool. And uh, to to do interviews in the Yankees locker room was was awesome. Um, those guys have a lot, lot nicer, a lot nicer locker rooms than hockey players. Let me tell you, um, the locker rooms are freaking insane. There was like 7,000 TVs everywhere. Um, each locker had like a, a slide out kind of drawer that had a, either a computer or an iPad kind of station. It was, it was ridiculously awesome. And, um, so hopefully, you know, we get the same kind of experience at, over at giant stadium, but, um, what, what, what would you, uh, you know, and obviously Buffalo does the outdoor game every year or they have done an out, outdoor game for the last couple of years, three, three of the last four years. Um, uh, thank you COVID. But, um, what, if we're picking just, you know, any two PHF teams to, to go outside, who would, who would you be interested in seeing? Um, as you know, we kind of know what some of the rosters look like and most of them anyway. I think geographically and roster-wise, a Toronto-Montreal game would be kind of cool. Um, not geographically, but I think Minnesota-Boston would be cool just because the last hand – not this year, but last handful of finals. Obviously, we know there's a little bit of a Minnesota-Boston rivalry there. Um, let me think. I think whale ribs would be really cool this year looking at rosters. I think all of them would be cool, but those are my top three. I think I named. <laughs> yeah. I think you named like seven, but uh, <laughs> no, you can re- literally like the way that the rosters are, are being built, like and the, the amount of talent that's already in the league and coming to the league, like you can pick any of the two, seven teams and I'd be like, get up. That'd be a cool matchup or yep. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see those two goalies go head to head, or I want to see, you know, Marchman and, and this player go head to head, to head. like uh, there's, there's so many different possibilities. So hopefully we see something like that happen. Uh, I would assume Buffalo is going to do another outdoor game this season, um, but we'll see. We, we they haven't even announced any players yet, but again, that doesn't mean that, that they haven't signed anybody. They are just kind of waiting to do things the way that they want to do them. And um, 
last thing on that too is like I, I've seen some of these like fake accounts pop up criticizing whether it's teams, players, leagues. Um, kind of weird to me. Um, especially if you want to criticize somebody, at least like kind of put your face slash name to it. I can have a little bit more respect if you do it that way. Um, but on the other hand, I kind of look at it like, again, we've, we've talked of stepping stones, small increments, like the fact that people care enough about this to create like a fake account, like, doesn't that stand for something too, right? Like that, that means that there is interest and passion, albeit maybe a little misdirected, right? I mean, I know it's kind of a weird way to look at it, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it kind of go, goes back to, like, what Emma was saying. Like, if people are talking about the league, right? Yeah. Kind of, like, whatever, it's bringing attention this way. And obviously, there's enough people to set the ship straight, I think, online. Yeah, all right. So, uh, yeah, and I agree. I mean, I just think, um, you know. It's some some of it is is unwarranted and um, but I'm not you know I'm I'm I don't have the time to sit here and and debate with people about these things and uh, whatever so uh, a couple of fan uh, listener replies questions I asked people to, to drop questions throughout the day and since we started recording we'll kind of go through them quick because I realize we've hit like the hour mark now and I don't want to go too much later so um, any news on Brittany Howard yet? Courtney at CG, C Jesse, excuse me, asked. Um, I'm sticking by my report that Brittany Howard's going to end up with Boston. Um, I don't know if that's a done deal, but uh, I'm, as I said, I expect that to, to happen. Um, Boston is, you know, again, you're going to have Howard and Gable and Mueller and Arard and Lonegren and, and on and on and on. Like, they're going to be okay. Um, no, no, no worries. Um, there and and they're getting an, an all star player that was like dynamite with Gable during the all star game. And I know that's you know, there's zero defense being played in those things, but um, just the creativity you saw, I think we're going to see some of that during the season. And especially if they get you out on a five on four, five on three, uh, three on two rush up the ice, two on one rush up the ice, uh. Um, hopefully your, your defense and goalie are in the right positions. Um, Mike Murphy. Oh, Mike Murphy. I, I feel like that name is familiar. Um, he wants to know why are, aren't there switchblade hockey skates? That's an interesting question. Um, I don't know. I don't know, Michael. Um, <laughs> what's the best snack to sneak nibble when you're on the bench? Sneakily nibble, excuse me. What is the best snack to sneakily nibble when you're on the bench? No disrespect, but I'm going to turn to you on this one, Allie, because I know you have some experience. Um, yes, I, I truthfully have never snuck food on the bench. What? Um, I know it's wild. Um, there's plenty of fruit snacks in the locker room between periods. <laughs> Um, but I have heard of, so like old Reebok pads used to have like an iPad pocket, not in the face, but the back of it. Um, I've heard of goalies like sneaking Skittles onto the bench. And I've Uh, also heard horror stories of said Skittles dumping out everywhere. So uh, yeah, yeah. I heard the horror stories and didn't feel like risking it. 
I, I, see, I could see being not, not not wanting to be that person, right? Like, like why are there Skittles on the ice? And everybody kind of turns around and looks at you, like, just kind of shrug your shoulders. I don't know. Um, yeah. That's I, when you equipment person. But then when you become the equipment person, whoops. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I've actually at an AHL playoff game, uh, Albany Devils were hosting Toronto Marlies. I sat next to Garrett Sparks. Uh, it was the backup goalie for Toronto. Uh, newsflash: Next time you go to a playoff game or any AHL game, don't get a seat right next to the the goaltender or the end of the bench because when the play goes down to your right or left side, you can't see around him or anybody else on the bench. So. Uh, really cool seats when the play is right in front of you, but um, not so much when the play kind of goes the other way. But um, I noticed he had a little, uh, um, like, little bucket of of uh, with hard candies and and gum and stuff like that. So um, I've, I've always kind of been fascinated by this question. I'm glad that Mike asked it. Uh, which PHF logo would look best as a cake? Michael asked. Jeez, um, I'm gonna kind of run through the. <laughs> Like a sheet cake drawn out by an artist, or like if someone were to sculpt said logo into a very fancy structural cake. No, I, I would think. I mean, he didn't go that specific. But I, I would just think we're just thinking like you know, if the Boston Pride logo, right? It's the the kind of lioness face, the circle kind of around it. It's just a cake is shaped like that, and obviously painted on the top. Um, I, I would say, I don't know, um, maybe the whale, Chucky, chocolate, the whale, right? Chucky, the, the whale, that was a, a thing at Carvel. My date myself. Does anybody n- remember that? Probably not. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with the whale because a whale shaped cake is, is kind of neat. So I don't know. Um, Allie, you want to weigh in on that or you want <laughs> I'm, I'm going T6 for all, I think with that one okay a force cool uh, like okay uh michael also asked which team will have the second most amount of europeans because obviously i think we all know the riveters are going to have they're going to be leading the, the way in that category um that's a really good question i would guess uh it's going to be close between connecticut and boston um, but I also think Toronto might be in the mix too, because I know they're, they're re-signing both of the, their Czech players, uh, who won the, is, helped them win the Isabel cup this past season. So, um, probably, probably those teams. I mean, we have most of Montreal's team. Uh, I think they've signed, announced close to 14 players, maybe, maybe more. Um, and, and most of them are obviously Canadian. So, um, so yeah, that 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 answers that portion of Mike coming out with the banger questions. That's why he's a reporter, folks. Um, really made us like think, and I should have reread them before. I didn't. I know I had seen that, and I, I actually liked it before, and I, I never actually read it. Um, Daisy asks, "Who do you see as the biggest free agents still out there, and what do you see as the best landing spots for them?" Um, there's still a couple of big names. Um, obviously, I would think. <laughs> Uh, and I don't mean this in like a, uh, I obviously I'm laughing, but I don't mean this in like a negative way, but boss, uh, excuse me, Buffalo is probably the best landing spot because they might have the most money to pay. If you're say a former player 
for one team and now you're not with that team anymore and, and you're kind of a big deal. Um, I would think a team like Buffalo might have the money to, to end up paying you kind of what you deserve. Um, oh, I see Steph just fudgy the whale. I was right. There was a fudgy the whale. That, that's the Carvel snake. So, so yeah, I, I think um, Buffalo is, is a good landing spot, I think, for any players that are still kind of maybe looking for a, a spot because I know a lot of teams are, are close to or getting close to done. Um, a lot of these decisions have been made. There's going to be a couple of spaces left here and there, I think. But um, as far as big names, I, I would say out of names we've mentioned that hasn't been announced, uh, Sophie Shirelli is probably another really big name. Uh, Abstrator, hopefully I said her name right again. Uh, Cassidy Sauve, if, if she ends up signing with the team, that's that's another big name, I think. Uh, if we see, a, a again, a healthy uh, Cassidy this season, I think, She's she's a really good good goaltender and you know um, her her numbers really speak for themselves and she kind kind of was hurt from the beginning of the season almost and um, just unfortunate things didn't work out for her this past season but um, yeah uh, and obviously there's a lot of the players with Minnesota that haven't officially been re-signed yet and I haven't heard much on on uh, John Albers and and a player like Snodgrass right those are two of the, the top scoring players this past season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's see what else. I got a couple other, I think, questions to go through. I think you got most of them. I just kind of got to get more to the recent ones now. Um, oh, there was, damn it. There was another one. I, I'll go back. Um what seems to be the biggest challenges around making these head coaching hires? Daisy asks, are they having trouble picking between a few high level candidates or they're not finding what they are looking for in the current talent talent pool? Um, I think again, in Buffalo's case, I think it's, you want to get this right. You don't want to go into the, they had a, a really bad season. I think as far as public, public relations goes this past season, because at least in the years past, they were kind of like, oh, like everybody loves the Buttes and they, they, you know, they're, they're trying at least. And they're, they're kind of, they're, they're all together as a unit. But then this past season, when you see players leaving the team and for whatever reasons, like whether it's, it's one person's fault or another person's fault, like it's just, it's a black eye. And then at the end of the season, your coach resigns or you decide to kind of part ways, like, they have to get this right. They, they can't be in the same situation, you know, a, a year from now. I think they look at teams like like Boston, what they've done with, with Paul, what Paul Mara has done there and, and what Colton Orr has done with, with Connecticut, uh, what e- Coach Evo and, and Coach Venma hope to do in, in with the Riveters, and they seem like they're on the right path, right? Like, you want to get this right, and you don't want to – again, you don't want to be in this situation – um, and you're going to want a coach that players are going to want to come there and play for because um, that's that's a big part of it, I'm sure, too, for, for players when they're deciding. As all the things that Emma went through and, and coach through, who's who's the coach? Like, does the coach like you? Do you like the coach? Like, all those things kind of kind of factor in. Um, uh, oh, I, we got a little cor- correction. I, I, we've been – I've been mispronouncing – Degear's name, it's Trisha Degear. Uh, Ali, I think, mispronounced it first, but uh, I'll, I'll take the, the axe here. 
Um, I've mispronounced it before too, so apologies to her. Um, I thought again, I thought she was a really good goaltender last season for Montreal. Uh, I could see her landing maybe in Buffalo. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, there's not too many spots left out there. Um, Travis asks, does the new goalie signing for Connecticut pretty much mean no Ives for the pod next season? Not necessarily, um, but you have to you have to look at it from her point of view. Does, does she want to go somewhere and start, or does she want to maybe stay in Connecticut and be a second or a third goaltender? Um, because I do believe that there are two goaltenders to start at least you know, barring injury and anything funky is going to be Soderberg and Abstrider. Abstrider. I'll get her name right eventually. I'm sorry. Um, and uh, Ives can maybe, maybe can, she can end up starting for Buffalo. Maybe she can, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know uh, what, what other options, you know, does she want to stay? I know she's from that area. Does she want to stay in that area and, you know, maybe play a game? I, it's it's a tough call, it, it, and it depends on who the person is. As, as a goaltender, right, you can kind of speak to that alley where sometimes you, you might feel like you're just like, well, I'm sure it goes through your mind, like, what am I here for if I'm not going to play, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, she's still quite young. I don't really imagine her being at a point in her career where she's like, well, all right. I'll just go be a third and maybe not ever play again um, in a game, I guess. Um, but I I don't know. We talk about this all the time. There's just not enough spots. I mean, it <laughs> only, two, only two nets on the ice. <laughs> yep. Yep. Even in practice, there's only two. Um, and then in the game, there's one. But yeah, I mean, it's really fun to see the level of goaltenders getting into the league but then it's you know you're like okay well that team's had this player for a couple years what does that mean for them and it's sad to to just say I I guess we don't really know and that's that just is what it is I laugh just because it's a sad sad we don't know like she she might I don't want to move you know yeah, that, that Buffalo to Connecticut drive is not easy, I tell you. And, and she can ask uh, Elena Orlando and uh, a player like Grace Kleinback. They've they've made those drives repeatedly over the last couple of years. And it ain't easy, I'll tell you that much. But uh, hopefully for Abby, she finds something that, that works for her that she's happy with. And uh, she's and, and I've said this last week, like she's a really good goaltender. And um, I, I feel like a lot of times she's – She's uh, kind of gotten uh, the brunt of the criticism there in Connecticut when it maybe wasn't always her fault, but that's kind of the life of a goalie. Um, so hopefully, hopefully she ends up somewhere uh, in, in the league, within the league this, this upcoming season. Uh, Rivs Nation asked, how do you feel about Jersey number retirements and why should the first one be stretch? Um, I'm fine with Jersey retiring, uh, retiring Jersey numbers. Um, I think, I don't know. I mean, obviously, <laughs> I know. I know the uh, imp- imp- the way the question is implied. Um, there's a few other players, though. I think maybe one shouldn't be first. Maybe they should have all be done at the same time. 
Um, the the impact that Shannon Turner has had in Connecticut, um, the obvious uh, impact that Winnie Brote had with Minnesota. Um, I think at least in, in Winnie's case, I'm sure, and Allie will, can speak to this, like her jersey number is retired somewhere, at least in Minnesota, correct? Um, Roseville has her jersey number up in their rank. Um, I don't know that it's technically retired, but they have a banner with her name and number on it pretty big up on the wall. So at least at her hometown rink, they've made it abundantly clear that she's made the impact that she has on the sport. Um, I think there's another rink that, that uh, needs a big banner, but um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, and, and obviously, I, and I think I wouldn't have a problem with uh, with a player like Stretch having her number retired for the Riveters. Same thing with Packer. Um, Packer might, you know, play another two, three years, who knows, but um, obviously become kind of the, the face of the Riveters in that next phase um, post-championship. Post like, if for for people who remember the the earlier days of of the Riveters, like not that Packer wasn't a, a big time player, but there was there was a lot of other kind of um, Russo was a big personality, and and Stretch was obviously the leader of the group, and uh, Bray and and Kira were kind of those those quote unquote faces of the franchise, and um, because they had been with the 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 organization that long, and. Um, the year that they won, um, uh, obviously Alexa Grushow had a great season. So um, it wasn't always like it was Packer and everybody else kind of follow along. And, um, you know, obviously in, in this other phase of her career, she's become more of a, the face of the franchise type player and um, lead by example and, and obviously a great ambassador for, for the obviously the league and the franchise as well. Um, I think that's that's every question. I think we're we're about to hit uh, an hour and twenty minutes. Uh, there was one more question or topic. I'm I'm scrolling back to now that I want. Okay, I found it. Uh, Vallis Breeze asks. Um, I've always been interested in how coaching is at the PHF level, specifically more outside head coach side, uh, since those are more public name wise. Do teams have designated special teams, offense, defensive coaches? Uh, goalie coaches, how that style of coaching works given a more weekend-based schedule. Uh, Allie can obviously speak to this a little bit more than I can, um, but from you know following the league and being around the league when it first started, like there was, um, there was like, and and I think I'm, I'm trying to remember the player that I talked to about this. You had just like your coach, and then there was maybe an assistant coach or two, and that was it. Like, and you had your your train. I think it was Grace. You can go read my article with, with Grace Kleinback. Um, they had an assistant coach, a head coach, a, a trainer, and the trainer was maybe also the the equipment manager, and that was really it. And uh, obviously now it's things have changed a little bit more as time has gone on. Yeah, I mean speaking. From my experience with the Whitecaps, I know for us as goaltenders, we had the Whitecaps had a little bit of money to pay a specific goalie coach. So at the time, like Lev and I got to pick who we wanted to work with, and we kind of set that up ourselves. Um, 
recently, I know girls had been working with skills coaches outside of practice. Um, I think that was on their own dime and on their own time. Um, but other than that, I mean, what was it at the time we had Rhonda, Jack, and Amber in my first year, we had Rhonda, Jack, and slow-mo, uh, Laura Slominski. Um, but we didn't really have any specialty coaches, if you will, other than us goalies having a goalie coach. Um, but that would be separate outside of practice time that we would go set that up. Yeah, and, and as teams, you know, especially the the, the founding four teams as they kind of grew, um, I did see some of that expansion of the Riveters would have a goalie coach. I was at practices numerous times over the years, and um, you see that they they started to have a goalie coach, and they would they had they would be recording some of the practices, and um, maybe have a video coach. But again, like how much are these people being paid? Like who who knows? But um, it's slowly getting there. Um, I think now is as we kind of move into this next phase uh, where more money is, is being invested. Some of that money has to be directed in, in those directions to to have that support staff of players, whether it's a uh, special teams coach or, or kind of like I alluded to with, with Coach Jocelyn. Uh, he, he might be like the power play specialty coach for Toronto next season. Like, um, it, It'll be interesting to see um, if there are any other um, coaching changes. I don't really anticipate any, but you know, these things, everything changes really fast. So, um, I think, I think we've talked for a long enough time. Um, thank you everybody for all the questions and comments and, uh, the multiple people that have been following along, uh, whether you're listening to this live currently, or you're going to be listening to this in the future, uh, whether it's here on Twitter or um, if you find this on the podcast side of things. Um, I don't often go back and listen to us, but I went back and I listened to last week's because it was, it did pop up on my phone and my, <clears throat> excuse me, um, in my, my podcast section. And, and I listened to see how the sound quality was. And I was honestly really impressed. There's, there's always going to be one or two seconds here and there where a, a signal may cut in or out. Um, or an over my house whoops what's that or or planes are flying over your house is there frogs are you sitting in the backyard is that what i'm hearing like oh my gosh yes oh sorry (laughs) those are frogs it's it's okay it's okay so it's you know we can obviously hear each other pretty clear i think it's really awesome that uh we found a way to kind of turn these around and, and make them available to more people um still working on getting getting to see what the numbers look like from that aspect of things but um, I will say this, I believe there is a way, and, and I kind of explored it a little bit, um, if you're listening to this on podcast, if, or if you want to subscribe to us on podcast, on Apple Music, um, if you go in there and you give us a five-star review, maybe drop a question, um, I think I want to do some giveaway things. I teased probably when I kind of started doing these things, or towards towards the beginning, I have a, a, a Boston Pride playoff towel from this past season. Um, I kind of want to give that to somebody who's been, been listening to us, uh, somebody who maybe couldn't make the, the game or is a, uh, any of the games as a fan of the team, the sport. Um, I have a signed Madison Packer puck 
um, sitting around that maybe I can, I can, uh, do a giveaway for that. If, if somebody wants to, um, go on to Apple music, leave, leave a five-star review, um, help us get noticed. Um, that's why we can keep doing these things. That's why the ice garden is staying afloat because of your support. Um, that's why I, I uh, happily read two ads. I see Dave is listening for my gray. Um, Dave, I think you jumped in right after I finished the ad, so you're going to have to go back and listen to this, um, unless you did hear it live, unless you want to hear it again. Um, but thank you for the support. I uh, really, truly appreciate that. It's awesome. Um, for everybody that's not listening on on Twitter, again, on the podcast forum, you can find me on Twitter at DRiceHockey or Dr. Ice Hockey, however you want to, you know. <laughs> However you want to interpret it, it's, it's open to interpretation. Um, you can find Allie on Twitter at Allie Morris, right? I, yes, yep. at, I'm looking right at it, too, and I was looking at something else. Uh, at Allie Morris, M-O-R-S-E. Um, and Allie, you have anything you want to say before we hit the road? Um, it's just really cool to see some consistent faces showing up week after week supporting us. Um, it's fun to see the occasional new face pop in too. Um, yeah, just cool that people give a crap about our ramblings and theories. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's fun. And that's ultimately like, that's, you know, it's, it's serious stuff, but at the same time, it's, it's a sport, right? It's fun. Like uh, this, this isn't like, we're not like solving world problems here. We're trying to make, maybe make the world slightly in, in like a centimeter better. Um, but at the end of the day, we're just, it's, it's hockey. We want to have fun. We want to spread the, the news of this great game, these great athletes, great sport. And um, this is kind of how it's kind of evolved. It, you know, it's kind of always ever changing, but um, we're going to try and keep doing these. I want to apologize to Allie's grandma. Uh, sorry, G Money. I know Allie usually hangs out with you on Tuesday nights and everything kind of got Scrabble Tuesdays, Dan. Scrabble Tuesdays. Scrabble Tuesdays, I know. So um, next week, Monday is obviously a holiday, at least here in the States. I don't want to um, make any commitments right now, um, but we'll figure out we'll be back either in a week from today, uh, maybe a week from tomorrow. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Sometimes, sometimes news dedicate, uh, predicates us having to do another one really quick. Um, but thank you to everybody that's followed along. Uh, thank you to everybody for listening live tonight and thank you everybody for the support. We'll see you soon. Uh, have a great night.